0: okay let's begin now because it only makes sense
2: hello there and welcome to Frankie sense some more I am so happy to be here today with all of you and I hope that you're happy to be here too well you must be because you're joining us so that's wonderful I have two amazing guests today we have Colette and you're gonna have to forgive me everybody with the African names because I'm not that good at it but Colette Negabeni, we have Wellington Manjengwa, and we are going to speak to both of them in just a moment. Colette is on the line. She is a mom. She is the mother of two, a wife. She's a caregiver for her two nieces. She's also a member of the infamous Black Mamba Anti-Poaching Unit because of her passion for nature and her desire to protect wild animals. Uh, Colette, welcome to the show. Hello. How, hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to join the Black Mambas?
3: Uh, first, I was attending school where they teach us at school about environment. So I fell in love there. So first time when I heard that they want women to do the arti poaching unit, then I joined them. I came to the interview, and then I passed the interview because I love nature. Uh, I want to protect the wild animals. I want to protect the animals for our future generation. So I love the beauty of nature.
2: Wow. So you were part of the Bush Baby Program,
3: where they educate you yes. on... yes. Yes, but even me when I was at high school, I used to attend the bush
2: school. Like, wow, that's awesome! Yeah. I love that. So, what kind of training? I mean, okay, so it's a, it's an all female anti poaching unit, which is extraordinary. You have um, you you uh, look after the Olifant West region of the belittle Nature Reserve, which which is adjacent to the Kruger Reserve, which everybody knows about. is very famous. It has you know the top the big five there, lions and tigers and elephants and everything. And you were were looking after the rhinoceros specifically, the white rhinoceros or the black, or does it matter?
3: Yes, we look after the white rhinos. The white rhino. uh, Both white and black. And it's not only about the rhinos. Even Mm. the elephant, even the impalas, because some people, they set the snails to poach the meat so then, so then they can sell the meat. So it's not that we focused only on the rhinos. We focused for all the wild animals, not the rhinos only. Because now even the elephant, they kill them for the task. So we focused for all the animals.
2: Right. And and so tell us, what I mean, it looks like a military unit. Your training. Are you, you're trained as a military unit? Is like what kind of training do you get?
3: sure the training it was hard and it was tough because first time when we do our training, it was we did it for three weeks. First training, we mm-hmm. were staying in the bush without bathing. Uh, oh. We used to yes, we used to wake up early in the morning, run for twenty k, and then sometimes we we'll walk. And then sometimes we work, we work with our bag, with a lot of rations at the bag. So it was very tough because we were staying in the bush.
2: Yeah. And they say that you do like paramilitary training, that you have handgun training, you have, um, you know, how to, how to take down somebody, you learn how to find the traps and how to, you know, um, dispose of traps and things like that. So it, it sounds like it's very intense training.
3: Yes, it was interesting training, and on the other hand, it was very, very tough. But yeah. we managed to pass it the training of course, all of us. Yeah,
2: it. good for you. And how many girls are in your unit? Uh, it's 33. 33. And so every yes. day, you're responsible for 20 kilometers of fence line? Is that true? Yes,
3: 20 kilometers for And fence you line. walk that every yes. day? Yes, we walk.
2: Wow, that's incredible. Do you ever, are you ever afraid of the animals being attacked by an animal?
3: No, at first I was, but now I'm used to it because we went for the training. So I know how to handle everything. I know how to handle the situation. You're right.
2: And tell us about bush meat. Why is bush meat um, so like popular? Why are they killing these animals for meat? They there's meat in stores. Like what is this?
3: No, they don't sell it at stores. And then they they do build dogs, and then they sell it to the community. Ah, oh. yes, they sell it to the community to get
2: money. Okay, and with the does do the people in the community want to buy this meat, or do they oppose oppose the killing of the animals and, on the reserve? Okay. The animals that are on the reserve, do the people in the community, are they happy to get this meat, this bushmeat? Or do they feel like, no, this is wrong, something's wrong because we're supposed to protect these animals?
3: Some of them, they don't care. But some of them, because we raise an awareness, now they hate the people who kill the animals. Right. But some of them, they even bite. So, but we are happy because now we don't find a lot of snails because people, they know that we are patrolling so they don't come in the reserve these days.
2: I, I read, Colette, that you really like to walk that fence line and let people know that you're there. And, and you know, like to, <laughs> as a big deterrent, like you dare them practically to cross over because you're going to be
3: there to, to get them. I love that. <laughs> yes. I love walking along the fence, like not doing the roadblock, because when we walk along the fence, all the people, they can see us that uh-huh. there are people we don't have to go there. So it's like we are raising an awareness that no, yeah we don't want you to get inside the reserve. So I'm that makes me happy every day when I woke up early in the morning, go to the fence and check the holes, check the spores, check everything. So that makes me happy.
2: So when you have a shift, do you go every day or do you stay at the reserve for a few days and then go back home? How does it work?
3: We stay at the reserve for 21 days and then we go home for 10 days.
2: Oh, wow. So who looks after your children when you're when you at
4: work?
3: My mother-in-law, she looks after my children.
2: That's amazing. And you're, the Black Mamas, they, they really rely on donations because, you know, You all get salary, which is great, but but there's such a big need for for money to continue because your area is so huge that you... How how big is the area that you guys are responsible for in total? How many kilometers?
3: I'm not sure because it's like we have five teams, like we have five five compounds not in the same
4: places,
3: yes, in different places. So it's a big, it's yeah. Big. So that's
2: and yeah, uh, that's incredible. And I read that you guys that you received a Champion of Earth Award from the United Nations, which is just outstanding for fighting illegal wildlife trade. So congratulations on that award. Thank you. <laughs> that's exciting. How many how many traps or snares would you find in a given day? Traps,
3: human tracks? No, the snares or or how many uh, snares? Sl- yeah, at first it was about 50, 60, but these days it's like 2, 5, 1. That means we are working, not, and people now they know that people are there to work there, so then we are not allowed to go there, and then they will will be get caught. So now it's working, it's working.
2: That's wonderful. Are they getting sneakier though the traps are the poachers getting you know do you find that they're that they're becoming more um, creative in their trapping because of you? No, no. Do you think that the poachers are becoming more creative in in the way that they're setting snares so that you can't find them? No, no no okay so, well yeah. Wellington, do you have any any questions for for Colette? After hearing what she does
5: maybe not not a not a question but just just to to comment that the the work they are doing is absolutely amazing i, I come from 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 zimbabwe from from close to to south africa so i'm i'm, I'm well aware of the danger that poachers are posing on the, on the on the animal population in that area so this is a tremendous piece of work and to to see that it's it's actually ladies who have taken the responsibility to go out and make this happen that that is absolutely phenomenal
2: it's absolutely incredible. And if you go to the Good Radio um, net website, so www.thegoodradionetwork.com website, you'll see a video of the Black Mambas in action, and it's just outstanding. So I'm just so thrilled, Colette, that you're able to do this work, and I'm so grateful that the animals are safe because of what you and your sisters are doing in the Black Mamba unit. Thank you. Uh,
3: thank you for your support because without you guys, we are nothing. Uh, because you know that black members they they need more donation like we live on donation because when we patrol at night for light patrol we do with a vehicle so the fuel, everything it's come with people who donate for us. So thank you for your support.
2: Oh that's wonderful. Thank yeah I, for,
3: I hope that you can project
2: how much money do you think you, you need uh, like daily, like if people want to people are obviously they're free to donate whatever they want, but an average donation what what, what would really help you?
3: I, I don't know, because sometimes the problem is I can't estimate that this money it will suit us, because like today, at the other reserve, they see the v- voucher activities, so if they see something like that. It's the members, they need to, to go out. And then another thing, they need to hire a helicopter to help us check in. So the helicopter is too expensive. Uh, sometimes you, when animals is injured or something like that, we need helicopters and then they can help us. So that thing is too expensive. Okay.
2: I want you to stick around for, for another few minutes if you can. We're going to go to a commercial break very soon. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Wellington. And we're going to talk a little bit more. I want to talk a little bit more to Colette because um, I have some amazing statistics to tell you about what the Black Mamas have been doing and why it's so important, as you just heard, for you to donate to them. And you can go uh, to their website and and donate right away at the W.
0: Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. Welcome to
6: Geraldine Tagelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author, and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelove live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world.
0: It's Marching
1: one-third of the population suffers from bad breath? Several years ago, a New York City doorman was actually suspended from work because people were complaining about his bad breath. Other words for foul-smelling breath are halitosis and ozostomia. So what are common causes of ozostomia? Coffee is a problem because it's very acidic and bacteria reproduce faster in an acid environment. Candy and gum contain sugar, which is also a problem because sugar feeds the bacteria that cause bad breath. Alcohol is another culprit. What's another name for cheap wine, plonk, slip-slop, or stinky bus. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
2: And we're back. And I just wanted to, to finish letting you know where you can go because I did cut myself off just as we, were, as we were heading out into commercial break. You go to their website, www.blackmambas.org. And if you don't know what a black mamba is, it is actually a snake. Is that correct? It is a vicious, uh, it is a vicious snake. <laughs> they're going to get you <laughs> like these girls are going to get you so yeah in case you were wondering and now you have your unit has reduced the bushmeat poaching by 78 percent since 2013 and rhino poaching since about 65 percent since 2014 and that's pretty incredible and that is something for all of us to be happy and proud about for sure so well done thank
3: you <laughs>
2: Do you always go out with the same with the same unit? Do you always go out with the same partner? Can
3: you just come again?
2: Do you go out with the same partner every day, or do you, does it change?
3: No, we no, we change each other. We change each other, like we rotate. Uh huh. Yes, because sometimes we like in the morning we have four groups. So the other group they need to check the fence. the another group they need to go for sweeping for the snakes another one for roadblock, and then for another one, they need to be standby for the night shift. So sometimes we even do the compound check.
2: So what would happen at the night shift? Like, how dangerous is the night shift? You do that in a car, right?
3: Yes, we do that on the car, and then we spotlight. So, and then we do some OP. We find a place where we think the poachers can take advantage of that, So we stay there, we spotlight, so then they can see that people are here. And then we drove all along for the servitude roads.
2: Have you ever arrested anybody?
3: In our reserve, no, but the other reserves where the other black members, they did.
2: Wow. Does it ever worry you that you might have to arrest somebody? Can you please come again? It, does it ever, do you ever get afraid that you might have to arrest somebody, take some guy down? Or are you looking forward no, to not? it?
3: No, I'm not afraid <laughs> because even us, we want, to, we want to get them. We want to, yeah. we want to get them. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and, and sharing with us. You, you Feel free to stay with us or you can, you know, go if you need to go to work, whatever, but if you can stick around, we'd love to have you stay in and, and talk to uh, Wellington with us. I'm going to introduce you to Wellington. Now, Wellington, uh, Manjegwa is a financial services professional. He has been in the banking world since about 25. And he, originally he's from Zimbabwe, as he mentioned earlier. Uh, and today he makes his home in the Seychelles as head of internal audit for Nouveau Bank in Seychelles, as I said, and he is also an associate lecturer for risk management at the university of Seychelles. Um, I'm so happy and proud for him because he just published his first book, Take a Chance and Win, Guide to Risk Management for Personal Decision Making, which is now on Kindle, and it went out last week. It got up to, uh, got to bestseller status, top 10, and let's welcome Wellington and hear from him just how wonderful and amazing that was. <laughs> welcome to the show.
5: Thank you so much, Frankie. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you very much.
2: Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you and I'm so glad that when I first met you, I said you're gonna come on my show one day as soon as your book is published and voila, and here, here you are. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I love it. You I I, I you wrote on your on your blog, um well of inspiration you said that you came from the dusty streets of harare zimbabwe the land of millionaires and billionaires who can't afford a <laughs> loaf of bread <laughs> because of 1 billion percent inflation that's crazy
5: it is true it is true if you, if you read the story of zimbabwe where where i come from uh, 19 uh, 2008 2009 we had such a difficult time with hyperinflation and uh, the economy was going all over the place and we were millionaires for real uh, in fact for me by the time i left zimbabwe in 2009 my salary was probably somewhere around uh, a trillion zimbabwe oh my
6: goodness. <laughs> a trillion
2: dollars <laughs> that were worth nothing basically
5: absolutely, right absolutely that's crazy
2: know? You Thank said you. that you said that you that you were one of those people who was not born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Um, but I'm just so amazed at, at your trajectory because you managed to, you know, be born in a little town, dusty, dusty streets of Zimbabwe. Um, you ended up becoming a certified accountant, you know, in England. You you have your master's in, in finance and and. That's like absolutely incredible. How did you leave? How did you get out of there? How did you afford that?
5: It's um, well, this, The story is long, Frankie. We won't finish it all today. But it was, it was basically a case of um, me kind of having people around me seeing the life that other people were living around me that I was not comfortable with. If I give you an example, one one yes. of the guys was very close to me, a few houses away from, from, from where I lived. That guy, same age as me, he passed away a few years ago, but he turned to a life of crime. Oh. He was doing robberies and things like that. So the environment where I was, it was such that people were my 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 focus would have been just that same direction get into a life of crime or get into basic work do a few basic things make a little bit of money and not make become anything important in your own life right. and that to me was a bit of a of, of an issue because as i was growing up i had a i had a a man that i called a brother he was my my mother's friend's son So Mm -hmm. he was not really a brother, but because I'm an only son, he he was like my big brother. He is the one person I saw making progress that looked much different from the people that I was seeing around me. And I emulated this guy. I got very close to him. I would go to his office just to see where he worked. And that began to inspire me to want to do like Mm -hmm. him. Even now, I look up to him. He's done very well in, in his life. He's a businessman. He's a, he's a banker as well, just like me. But he helped me to shape my life and to realize that there's a better world out there. And I, I think this is the power of, of uh, how we inspire the people mm-hmm. around us. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter that you you don't come out in newspapers and and, and 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 public places, but if you've got a little person around you who comes to you for a word or two, you've got the responsibility to inspire that person to make a difference in their life.
2: I love that. And so not only, you know, did you get all of what I said what I told about a moment ago, but you also in 2015 became a John Maxwell leadership coach. And oh, that's is. extraordinary because on your well of inspiration.co website, you are such a leader of inspiration. You know, you have books that people can read. You have quotes that people can look at. You know, they can manifest all of their dreams by just coming to your site and, and sitting down for a little while and reading and, and going, wow, you know what? I mean, first of all, you're, you're an example because you led by example. But it's also you know, we look at, at everything that you have put around you. And you've done that on purpose.
5: Yes. It's, 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 a, it's a culmination of, of, uh, of things that have happened in my life. And, and, and I, I say to myself, you know, one day I want to be able... There was a time in my life, if I, if, let me put it this way, there was a time in my life when I was very close to making important decisions. But I had no guide. I had no no manual to go back to and say, how do I go around this? How mm-hmm. do I do this? Even the people around me that I try to ask about stuff, some will just snub you and think, you know, this young man doesn't know what he's talking about. And some will just look at you. Some would give you very basic information and then just walk away. Mm-hmm. So I never had quite a strong hand to hold my hand and show mm-hmm. me the way around. And I... I believe that every young person even adults need somebody that can help them to walk the journey through life and there are so many challenges so many complications but through a basic understanding of how we can apply in what I call risk management strategies or strategy mm-hmm. in general one can make very very successful decisions in their journey through life it be it for or what they decide to do as a career, sure. what they go into as a business, or, you know, what who they choose to be their life partner. In some instances, uh, how they manage their finances. And this is what my book talk, talks about. I've taken those three decisions that I'm trying to help people with strategies to make them work effectively.
2: I love that. And, you know, I mean, as a, when, when you just as a banker, when people come to the bank and the bank says, you know, you have a little bit of money, why don't you invest your money? And they say, you know, what, what, what kind of a risk taker are you? <laughs> you know, they put you into categories. Are you a, a high mm-hmm. risk person, a medium risk person, a low risk? Cause that's where we're going to put your money. You know, maybe mm-hmm. if you're high risk, you got a chance of making more money than other people, but you also have a greater chance of losing your money. So, right. you know, you, you know, to, to, um, I guess diagnose oneself to say what, who am I? What kind of risk taker am I? What what kind of parameters as a banker do you do you put around that? Aside from your book, what what would people look at themselves and go, I'm a high risk person or I'm not? Like, would you first say that all... Collat was a high risk person by becoming a Black Mamba? She's
5: she's she's a high risk person. But first of all, there's one thing I just wanted to highlight. You are you are saying it very well that you are considering what kind of a risk taker are you. Mm -hmm. Society has told us that some people are risk takers and some are not. But the reality is that everybody takes some level of risk. And it's not about how much risk you take. It's about how you manage the risk that you take. Okay. Now, now in the context of banking, if you come to the bank and you are looking for money or you want to bring in money to the bank, basically the, the easiest way to look at it is when you want to borrow money from the bank. Mm-hmm. The bank looks at how much do you have. If you're starting a business, are you yourself committing something to the business? And what is your capacity to repay the bank? If right. you? And what do you have that can offer the bank the security that in case your business doesn't work out, the bank can still recover their money?
2: Because everybody comes to you, right? They all go, I've got a great business idea. I promise you, I'm going to pay you back the money.
5: (laughs) Every idea is wonderful, but we have to work with them very closely to help them understand that not every good business idea can work.
2: Right.
5: Specific things have to be in place. The financials have to make sense. What you put in must bring back a return, both for you and that enables you to pay back the bank.
2: Well, we are going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back from that commercial break, we are going to learn more about risk-taking, taking risks that aren't really risks, and learning more about what is in Wellington's book, uh, The Risk Management and Decision-Making, and how to go ahead and do that so that we are taking a chance and winning at this game we call life. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: We're just getting warmed up. Frankie, Sense, and more. will be right back after we pay the bills.
1: Never Big girls don't cry, right? According to a recent Wall Street Journal article by Dennis Nishi, there's a stigma attached to turning on the waterworks at the office. 61% of men who reported crying at work cited personal reasons, an illness in the family, the death of a pet is the catalyst, while 58% of women said it was something that happened at work. Being unfairly blamed or criticized, men are like mascara. They run at the first sign of hubba-boo. That's another word for crying. What's the word for the fear of intense emotion? Xellophobia. Women may have a better excuse for crying than men, as females have higher levels of prolactin, which encourages the production of tears, making it easier to be known as a lacrimist or someone who cries at the drop of a hat. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with
4: my free app, Too Funny for
1: Words.
6: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert,
0: Annette Hammond.
4: You can have the best trainer in the world design an exercise program for you, but if you don't do it, it's not worth anything. You can join the most expensive fitness club in town, but if you don't go and exercise, it is worthless. To be a success in any exercise program, you must be consistent. It's the steady, constant exerciser who makes fitness and activity a lifestyle that excels and succeeds. Sometimes our busy schedules seem to prohibit us from exercising every day. So many people only work out one to two days a week and push themselves so hard that their intensity is too high. Even though this type of workout makes them feel good mentally, it is not the best way to exercise. It is better to moderately exercise in some form every day. Consistency is the key to exercise success. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. <laughs> we still
2: have Colette with us, and Wellington is talking to us. And of course, I'm your host, Frankie Picasso, and you're listening to Frankie Sense and More. Um, we were off air, as usual, the good conversations go on there. <laughs> and we were talking about how somebody who doesn't make a whole lot of money could still invest their money or invest in themselves. And Wellington has some advice for all of us who are listening who think, you know what? Um I, I, I'm not, I can't be in that game of, you know, where everybody else is, of the game players and making money. So let's talk about that for a moment, Wellington, if we can. Can you, can you give us an education?
5: Um, let me start by saying that everybody, many people are constantly running short of money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much money they earn, how much of a salary or a wage they draw. Often they are running out of money. What usually happens with money is that when you start earning more, you start spending more. You upgrade your lifestyle to match the salary that is coming in. That's right. So at the end of the day, we usually just end up where we were even when we had little money. Mm -hmm. So the idea is not around how much money am I earning now or to complain that I don't have enough money to save. What we must focus on, it does not matter how much money you earn. What really increases your worth? What really increases the wealth that you have as a person? Yes? Are we still here? your okay. pocket, when, when, when you're done spending, that is the key that will begin to build the blocks towards building your wealth.
2: You know, what, that's, to- it's, what, it's good yeah. advice. Um, you know, my dad always told me uh, when I got married, even before I got married, he goes, always put away from your paycheck, always put away whatever uh, you can, like $10, $20, $100, whatever it is, put it away. And and I've, I've listened to that. I don't always save it, but I listen to it. <laughs> no, I think it's really good. And, and I yeah. have a piece of advice for all women. Every woman should have her own bank account separate from her husband's, just so you know.
5: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I won't comment about that. <laughs> Let's go back. Okay,
2: and that was advice from my father too. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes yeah. you have to have your own stuff. But, okay, so let's say all you can put away is, is $10, $10 or I don't know how much rand that is. Um,
5: uh-huh.
2: But if you can put a little bit away, what happens to your money then?
5: The money money grows. First of all, because you're putting away a bit at a time and adding to a, I'll call it a pot, that pot is getting filled every time you put some more money in it
3: mm-hmm.
5: at any given time, every individual is either in a deficit breaking even or in a surplus. And the moment you start putting money aside, your surplus begins to grow. Now, what, what you then need to do is to take that surplus that you're growing and finding a way to invest that surplus in a, in, a, in an investment instrument that in itself begins to grow the money. In other words, your surplus becomes its own beca- begins to grow its own babies, so to speak. It begins to right. earn more money. I like that.
2: So, it, would that be um, what would you suggest somebody put into? Like, um, I don't know what products you have over there, but mm-hmm. um, do you have anything over there that that's earning four or eight percent interest?
5: Uh, well, it, it it depends. If you if you go for a simple savings account, for example, mm-hmm. every savings account in this part of the world earns a certain amount of interest. I'm sitting in the Seychelles, and our savings accounts are earning something between two to three percent. That's good. Okay? But if you put it in a in a in a in an in an account called a fixed deposit account, a fixed deposit account is an account where you lock your money in for a set period of time, mm-hmm. like a GIC. But, and, mm-hmm. That earns a little bit more than a savings account. Okay. Then, and, and there are, most, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Then there are other instruments that, that, um, that are there available with, with, uh, sometimes through the banks and sometimes through uh, uh, the financial markets. I'll give you an example of what we call here treasury bills. These are a money market instrument. Treasury bills, where, where I am right now, they are earning about 8%. Well, that's good. Meaning to say if you buy one treasury bill for $1, it will earn you 8% over a period of one year. You will get $0.08 cents more to your dollar than what you had before. Very good. So the money, the money itself can earn more money. And you don't need to work for it. You simply need to park it in a place and... And it will grow. I have an example in my book of, of a person who would save something like five hundred dollars every month mm-hmm. for. Somebody say five hundred
2: dollars a month. Wow, for that's a lot of money.
5: Four hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. for thirty years at an mm-hmm. average return of seven percent. This is a, a hypothetical figure that I took. Sure. At the end of thirty years, they've got more than five hundred thousand in their account. That's incredible. If you're saving for your child, I'm sure any child would live for a little while with 500,000 given to them by their mother who saved money over a long period of time.
2: Yeah. They can definitely go to school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. amazing. So what would, what would, I know it seems, you know, for a lot of people, if you're not making a lot of money, but what would like a minimum amount of money be able to do for you? Like, if you could just save how much, you could actually have, you know, a nice nest egg in 20 years or something.
5: For me, I I I I normally I just want to use a a ratio a rate based on whatever you're earning. Sure. So I recommend starting with at least 10% of your income mm-hmm. and putting that aside as a saving.
2: Okay. So do you think, Colette, could you put away 10%, do you think?
3: Yes, I think I can do that.
2: And should she put that into an instrument then, or should she put that just in the bank?
5: For starters you you'll have to be in a, in a in a savings account in a bank, not just in a current account but a savings account. Banks have two types of individual accounts most of the time: a current account and a savings account. A current account does not earn any in interest oh, okay. current accounts normally are just for transacting bringing in money, taking it out but a savings account is an account where you which is designed to help you build your cash resources so if you put your 10% of your income into that savings account it will automatically begin to earn interest only that it will be an interest an amount which is determined by the bank from time to time
2: and do you have to pay taxes on that money where you live
5: where we where where I live, and I think it's the same case for for Colette in South Africa. They have to pay a a withholding tax on that. So the bank will will withhold a bit, a small amount from from whatever they pay you as interest.
2: Okay, all right. But when she gets to a certain amount, then she could invest that into something that's going Absolute. to throw her more money.
5: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: That sounds good.
5: Yeah, and so what, one, one thing I must mention, Frankie, if if I may. Mm -hmm. Banks likes to sell loans Yeah So you find that many, many people Are are encouraged to borrow Yeah They borrow money Most of the times they are borrowing To spend on things That they don't really need to spend on Mm
4: -hmm.
5: One of the strategies I recommend in my book Is to use credit sensibly Right The sensible way to use credit Is to borrow to invest, not to borrow, to spend.
2: Smart. (laughs) Smart thinking. Is credit cards a big um, thing? Like, Colette, do you have a credit card? Do your friends have credit cards? No, I don't have a credit card. It's not a way of life there.
5: So mostly you're living within your means yeah many people just live within their means but you find that they, they will borrow for things like like cars or they can go to the bank and get a personal loan for you know the, for to go on a holiday
4: like oh, okay. where
5: i am here I, I always see people borrowing money to go on a holiday overseas they borrow money to send their children to school sometimes mm-hmm. they borrow money to just spend on on appliances for the house things like that
2: okay and could you put that into a mortgage or is it a separate loan?
5: It's a separate loan.
2: Okay. Separate. So let's go back to your book then. Now, And Colette has a strategy. She has a strategy now and she can share that with everybody. Start putting okay. 10% away in your bank and away you go. You're going to start making some money. And okay. never ever use your credit to borrow, to to spend money. Use your credit to make money. I like that. A lot. (laughs) Very smart. He's a very smart guy. So (laughs) that's why you're here. Now, in your book, we talk about, um, you know, risk management is the biggest ingredient for success. So you give practical strategies like the one you just gave, um, which I think is is fantastic. And you and you broke your book down into, like you mentioned before, business and business risk taking, personal risk taking, relationship risks, um, which I thought was interesting, especially in a financial, you know, we thought this was a financial book. And here we are, you know, taking risks on relationships. So talk to us about Mm -hmm. that. Where where did that come from and and, um, what's your advice?
5: You see, the, the person you decide to settle with for the rest of your life is one of the biggest decisions you ever make. Because when you settle with somebody, you're not only just getting a life partner, you are getting a, a parenting partner, you are getting a financial planning partner, you are getting an, an eating partner, and potentially a business partner. So the I, the decision to to, to uh, settle with somebody as a life partner, whether as a wife or just just a partner, is something that needs to be taken very seriously. That is My observation so <laughs> had that had been that society pushes people, especially this part of the world where I come yeah. from. I've seen that society kind of looks at you funny when you reach at a certain age and you're not married, you are not looking like you've got something going on in your life. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 old aunties and, 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 and your mother's friends start asking you questions.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: So what happens is society does not help at all because uh, we are made to believe that by a certain age we need to be in a certain place, with a person. That's true. As a result, we often rush into making decisions to settle down so that society can, we, we can graduate from singledom to the world of marriage.
2: Well, I wonder why everybody's so happy. Everybody's so happy for you when you, when you go, okay, we're going to get married now. You know, everybody's oh, thrilled for you instead of thinking, yes. you know, I'm just going to wait <laughs> until I find that right person. <laughs> <laughs> but...
5: Your life i I, I, I going to stop
2: you because we are going to go to a commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to find out more about picking the right life partner. And I want to know um, if the two of you picked the right life partners. <laughs> 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 we'll be right back. It's Frankie some more. We're talking to Wellington Manjegwa and Colette. I want to say your your last name, Colette, properly, and I know I'm not. So I'm just going to leave it. <laughs>
0: Frankie Sents <laughs> and more. will be right back after we pay the bills. Florida.
6: This is the TokyNet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge.
1: It's marching never. Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymous and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are one in three. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
2: Okay, I am going to redeem myself. Colette's last name is Benny, and there we go. I've put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) And I thank her for that. And we were just talking off air about you know how how old people are when they get married around the world, even and Colette and I got both got married when we were twenty eight which I thought was kind of old for both of us, but you know what it's a good age to get married why not people are are starting to um get married a little bit later, I think in life they're they're waiting to start their families they're waiting to finish school and do some of the things that they want to do before you know they they enter a relationship and they're not able to do those things anymore. So um, let's go back to Wellington and, and his advice on relationships. So as you're saying, the most important decision we're going to make is that partner, that life partner.
5: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So I, I, find, I find it quite uh, disturbing sometimes when I look through the tabloids in, in, in my country and around the world or oh, you're seeing these this headlines about celebrities on the verge of divorce or divorce one day after marriage or mm-hmm. infidelity is rocking somebody's marriage. These are quite, quite quite heartrending stories for me because I can see that there's a lot of pain that is going on in people's lives as a result yes. of discovering that there's a, an, an a wide gap, an unbearable wide gap between what they wanted and what they thought they got. Mm -hmm. you know when when reality kicks in and they begin to see that this person is actually not quite what they thought they were because before you before people get married they are all nice to each other most of the times yes but once the realities of life kick in uh, true characters come out and and people sometimes then find they can't deal with whatever they're seeing at that particular time
2: well i think that that's true and i think that people you know you're unaware of in in some cases that that's going to happen because you're not really sure. You know, I would if I if we if we were married, I I don't know what your parenting style is going to be. You know, I yeah. don't know what your spending habits are going to be because or cool. your saving because I you know usually you don't look at somebody's bank account before you marry them. So you know there these are some. Uh, private issues or issues that you you may not know, but there's ways uh-huh. to figure it out. I think before you get married, there's ways to figure that out, and you can Correct. even just ask if you want to.
5: <laughs> In fact, that that is what I advocate for, uh, Frankie. I, I say there has to be a conversation when you when you take a relationship seriously and you want to take it to the next level, the ne- the level of of, of life commitment. Mm-hmm. You need to have some serious conversations, respectfully discuss with each other the key things of life.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, one strategy that I recommend is that as an individual, when you marry somebody or when you when you commit for a long term with somebody, do not do it with the expectation that the person is going to change in the right. future. Right, right. Good advice. So if, what, if what they are doing today, you are not comfortable with it, it is very risky for you to take that person on, commit for the rest of your life, hoping that at some stage they are going to change or that maybe you can help them. We often have this, this hope that we can help them to change their lives.
2: Mm-hmm. In
5: fact, what I advocate for is that the way to look at it, the way to think about it is, am I willing to live with this person the way he is for the rest of my life?
2: Right. And that is, that is real and true Excuse me, advice right there. You know, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this advice. If you don't listen to anything else for the whole show, listen to that. Because that, <laughs> that, that's the million-dollar nugget right there, for sure. Absolutely. Nobody's going to change. They're not.
5: They will not change. And I also say, Frankie, love can see. It is not blind
2: love can see but in the in you know when you're first in love that you know those endorphins and that feeling that you have around that person uh you're very magnanimous with you know allowing things to you know to to take place Mm -hmm. and once Mm -hmm. that bloom is off the rose things you know the harsh reality um is, is is present then and we're not looking through rose colored glasses anymore And the things that we thought were cute or, oh, I love that about him or, you know, it was sort of his little quirky thing now is annoying as heck,
5: (laughs) right? That is true, that is true. And uh, look, uh, uh, Frankie, I I would be naive if I I said to you that, you know, the power of love, if I diminish the power of love, love is such an exciting feeling and it can be quite addictive as well. For sure. When you're in love, you are, you are often inclined to push aside Any bad stuff that you might see In the next person you, you get carried away And you are writing this fairy tale story Of how your future can be With this person But you, you don't, you, when you see little things That concern you You write them off right. But this is what I'm saying That even though You love this person Be aware of certain attributes that the person is exhibiting. Mm-hmm. If you are aware of those attributes, you have to make a conscious decision within yourself whether you want to carry on with this person the way they are, or you want to discuss with them at that particular time to see whether there's any possibility they can see things from the way you from where you're coming from, and possibly uh, change their ways to make the relationship more successful. Basically, I say, take some time to think. Don't Mm -hmm. just be intoxicated by love, but allow love, even though it is said to be blind, allow it to see certain things that might be important for you as a person and essentially important for your relationship.
2: Right. And, and not just on a personal, you know, the pain of personally of, of going through divorce, but, you know, the financial pain, uh, depending upon where you live in the world, of them taking mm-hmm. half of what you have. And, yeah. you know, that's a real, that's reality. And people work hard for their money. And some people who are savers, you know, um, they don't benefit from having somebody who is not as a
5: partner. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there, there, are, there are questions we, we never ask, you know. I've, I've seen people, you know, some big names of people just divorcing. And when they divorce, they say, you know what, I knew I was making a mistake when mm-hmm. I married this person. But yeah. I went ahead and did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, very sad. But it happens. We see it every day. So sometimes if you just stop at the moment where you feel uncomfortable, why don't you stop and think for a minute
2: it's a difficult conversation to let somebody go it is and it's heartbreaking and sad but i think it's worse after you know you're together for a couple of years and then you do it you Absolutely. don't people feel used and abused um wellington manjango his book is called take a chance and win guide to risk management for personal decision making it's on kindle and it's going to come out in hard copy i think too but get it on kindle yes. right now so when you had your launch last week wellington how exciting was that for you
5: it was an, an absolutely amazing experience, Frankie, because I had support from all over the world, places I had I had not expected to receive support from because I, I reached out even to some friends and acquaintances that I had known way back and we had not been in touch for so long. but everybody came back with encouragement and excitement and a lot of people went, went on to Kindle and they bought the book and it was so, so, so amazing.
2: It is a fantastic book. It really is a great book, and it's an easy book to read and easy to understand. It's not, you know, it's interesting. It's filled with examples, and I think that's what, you know, makes for a good uh, self-help book is that there's real-life examples. It's well-written, and anybody and everybody can benefit from this book, whether it's, you know. To make, how to make a decision basically is what we're looking at. How to make a good decision, uh, you know, a decision that might be a little risky but come out as a winner. And I think that's Absolutely. what's really important. So Absolutely. Fantastic, Absolutely. fantastic mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody can read this, so why not buy it? What's it going for now on Amazon? Do you know?
5: I'm, I'm still keeping it at 99 cents. I want to make it. 99 cents. I want to oh, my goodness. It's available to as many people as possible.
2: So you're not even risking anything. Go out there and get this book right now for 99 cents. (laughs) My
5: goodness.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good advice. He's given us great advice. He's told us how to make money, how to save money, how to make sure that we get into a good relationship already. You've gotten like some wonderful gems from from Wellington. And I think that uh, I just think he's absolutely amazing. And that's why he's here. But good on you. Um, I don't know how much time we have left. Ben, how much time do we have left in the show? Okay, perfect. Uh, we have got about three minutes left. I want you to tell me about the John uh, Maxwell leadership training. What okay. made you decide to to go with him?
5: Uh, John Maxwell is. It it was many years ago. Actually, I I was I was um, cleaning up my closet back home on a Sunday and I was just you know we're working on a few things you know getting rid of stuff but I don't know if if you do this but I I do this a lot I write notes and chuck them in my drawer forget about them and on this particular day I was going through my drawer throwing away a few things and then I came across an old diary I had used it many years back and it was a nice little diary leather bound and it had uh, codes Every page had a quotation by John Maxwell. Every quote, every page, a quotation by John Maxwell. I didn't know who John Maxwell was. But when I went through each of the pages, I began to resonate so much with everything he was saying. So I researched on John Maxwell and found out a bit more about him. And then I put it aside for a while. And then I was looking for some material on leadership. When I was beginning to develop my, my my Well of inspiration website, and then I said, I remember John Maxwell. I reached out to the John Maxwell team, and they said, look, we have now launched a certification. If you want to come, you can be certified and become uh, legally allowed to to speak about John Maxwell's leadership material, and you can share it with anybody that you want. You've got lifetime support and so on and so on. And then I I loved it. I went for it, and it was a phenomenal experience. It's one of the best events I've ever attended in my life. Totally life-changing
2: wow that's just phenomenal uh, we've only got a couple minutes left so i just want to make sure that everybody please go to the black mambas uh go to their website www.blackmambas.org please donate they need our money the animals need our money the wildlife needs our money let's stop the poaching let's stop the bush meat let's let's keep the animals healthy and whole that's just phenomenal. Thank you so much, um, Colette, for coming on the show today. We really, really appreciated you being here. Wellington, go to Wellington, go to Amazon.com. You can grab his book, Take a Chance and Win, Guide to Risk Management for Personal Decision Making at Wellington Menjagua, You can go to his um, website, Well of Inspiration, which I just love. It's so cute. Well of Inspiration.co and look at all of the wonderful inspiring, positive quotes that he has there and other written material that he writes. He writes all the time, and they're really, really great articles. So thank you for that. And listen, thank you, everybody, for coming today. I so thank appreciate you, so you listeners. You. Oh, just love it. We'll be back next week for another Frankie Sense and more. Take care. Bye-bye.
5: Bye, y'all. Great. Yes. Thank you. Thank
3: you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. See Ooh, mm-hmm.